I came across an interesting book recently titled The Five Regrets of the Dying, A Life Transformed by the Dearly Departing by Bronnie Ware. I heard about this book in Donald Miller's recent book, Scary Close. I have read several of his other books. I thought this was was pretty good. Uh, I read it a while ago, so I can't remember exactly why it wasn't five stars for me. But I think I liked his other book, A Million Miles in a Thousand Years, How I Learned to Live a Better Story. I think I liked that book better. I think it had more... I don't know, maybe it was a little more profound, a little more thought-provoking, a little more action-oriented in terms of living differently. Anyhow, in this book, uh, Scary Close, the subtitle was Dropping the Act and Finding True Intimacy by Donald Miller, which is the story of him getting married. He mentions a book. He mentions this book. So uh, one thing led to another, and I picked it up at my local public library that always has a great selection of books. I was surprised that there were only two or three copies in the whole system. Considering what a great book this is and that I keep seeing it pop up in other books I've been reading. What those other books are, I can't quite remember. But they've it, this book, The Five Regrets of the Dying, has kind of popped up in some unlikely places. And I like books like this. There, it's It's a little sobering. It kind of makes you realize that you know, we're all going to die someday. And uh, what might we not want to be facing or thinking about when we get there? This is a very readable, accessible book. It, it's it's kind of interweaved or interleaved with uh, Bronnie's own life. So she goes through a number of different jobs and industries and moves to different places in the world. And one thing leads to, leads to another and ends up doing hospice. So she is taking care of and being with people that are in the last months of their lives. And through this, she kind of comes up with these top five regrets. These are five regrets of the people that she's working with, but they are also kind of interleaved or interwoven with her own. And those five regrets, in case you're curious, are... One, I wish I had had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. Two is, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. Three, I wish I'd had the courage to express my feelings. That one's particularly sad. It's about a a father that is unable to express his feelings to his family. Number four, I wish I'd stayed in touch with my friends. And five, I wish I had let myself be happier. These are all kind of common sense, but as you read the different stories and people that kind of go with them, I think you'll be uh, more touched and moved. As the story of Bronnie's life goes on, she uh, has a variety of these different jobs. She spends a, a good chunk of time doing hospice. Then she's leaving or she's left hospice and is pursuing music and a few other things and ends up in a really dark, dark depression. And this part of the book, there were some thought-provoking parts of this book, but then how she actually comes out of the depression didn't quite... Mm, I didn't find it compelling. or I didn't find it... 
<laughs> I guess if you listen to any of the, my other podcasts, I'm real. I want to know how. I want to see how people connect the dots. So it's frustrating to me when I don't feel like a story, um, especially when it's especially when it's autobiographical. I want to see how the person got from point A to point B. And she mentions some like kind of deeply almost spiritual experiences that she has as she gets out of this depression. But I don't, I don't know. I felt like there was more. The huge honking caveat here is I have never been in a depression as dark as the one that she describes. And so what do I know? Maybe when you come out of something like that, it's not something that's as step by step or as logical as I'm looking for. So I found the first uh, 80, 90% of the book really solid. The last part kind of, I wanted a little bit more, but about, oh, I don't know, three quarters of the way, this section really struck me. I think it struck me in light of maybe some of the the coaching client work that I've been doing. Um, sometimes, you know, a, a normal thing that comes up there is is people that are uh, realizing that their own values and the own way that they are doesn't fit with people maybe they spent a good portion of their lives with. And they find themselves lonely and they find themselves not fitting in and they're wondering, what do I do about this? And so this this section really it just, I don't know, it, it struck me as profound. Reading from page 139. Loneliness leaves emptiness in the heart that can physically kill you. The ache is unbearable, and the longer it hangs around, the more the despair it adds to it. Miles of city streets, country roads, and everything in between were walked during those years. Loneliness isn't the lack of people. It's the lack of understanding and acceptance. That that part was profound. Huge amounts of people the world over have experienced loneliness in crowded rooms. In fact, being alone in crowded rooms often highlights and exacerbates loneliness. It doesn't matter how many people are around you. If there's no one available who understands you or accepts you as who you are, loneliness can readily present its agonizing self. It is very different than being alone, as I had loved this often in the past. Being alone can mean you are lonely or you are happy. Loneliness is a longing for the company of one who understands you. Sometimes being alone and loneliness are related, but often they are not. And then she talks about how this loneliness became so unbearable that she thought of suicide and was contemplating it um, when a good friend intervened and called her and kind of helped get her out of that. And later on, towards the end of the book, as she's kind of come out of this depression and she's reflecting on some different things, she says some other things that I thought were really profound that tied in with this as well. Or before I get there. So, So a critical part of being understood and accepted is that you are being who you are. Like there's nothing worse than being accepted and understood because you're faking it or you're, you're, you know, you're trying to, you're trying to fit in and, you know, not be true to yourself and and be something else so that you will. And I'm on page 227. It is a pity that being who you truly are requires so much courage 
but it does. It takes enormous courage at times. Being who you are, whoever that is, sometimes cannot even be articulated at first, not even to yourself. All you know is there is a yearning within that is not being fulfilled by the life you are currently living. Having to explain this to others who have not walked in your shoes may just leave you questioning yourself even further. Skipping a paragraph. It takes fortitude to create big changes. The longer you stay in the wrong environment and remain its product, though, the longer you deny yourself the opportunity to know true happiness and satisfaction. Life is too short to watch it go by just because of fear that can be conquered if faced. And coaching can help with that, by the way. Yeah, skipping another couple paragraphs. Life is your own, not someone else's. If you are not finding some element of happiness in what you've created and are doing nothing to improve it, then the gift of every new day is wasted. A tiny step or a small decision are great starting points. Those and taking responsibility for your own happiness. A happy life can also be found without moving house or doing anything drastic in your physical world. It is about changing your perception and being brave enough to honor some of your own desires too. No one else can make you happy or unhappy unless you allow him or her to. I like, I really like this idea of, of a tiny step or a small decision. I'm a huge believer in taking those small, tiny steps to get to that next step, to build momentum. And in fact, that's often one of my favorite questions to ask in coaching when someone is, you know, kind of had an epiphany about what they would need to do next and they need to take action and they want to do something. And my question to them is, so what are you going to do? I say, I, I don't know. Typically, they're thinking too big. So stealing from a question my own coach asked me, I will often say, what's the smallest, tiniest, easiest thing you could do to take one step forward on this particular topic. And it's often there that several little things happen that then kind of cascade into that bigger thing. And related to the, you know, doing small things, I, I thought this was a nice way to, to close that out on page 230. Like anything, you get better with practice. So start by doing with small acts of bravery and expressing yourself. You become more at ease with opening up and even begin to enjoy sharing such honesty. You'll never be able to control the reaction of others. However, although people may initially react when you change the way you are by speaking honestly, in the end, it raises the relationship to a whole new and healthier level. Either that, or it releases the unhealthy relationship from your life completely. Whichever way, you win. So, well, I like that too, because it's the idea of just kind of forcing the issue. So basically, you got to start showing up as yourself, and if that doesn't work for people and that causes problems, well, better to have some problems than to stuff it all inside and, you know, not live and be true to yourself. Some of the thoughts and challenges I have that go along with this is, you know, this idea of being lonely, but being surrounded by others. Sometimes that's very subtle. Take a look around at your own life. You know, your people you spend a lot of time with, it could be your your uh, family, your could be a church situation, could be work, it could be that group of friends that you've always done stuff with. But yet, when you're in those settings, do you feel lonely? What is that telling you? Is there a message there? Is there is that a clue or something that you need to listen to that says, "Wow, 
I'm in this environment that where I'm supposed to feel uh, loved, needed, wanted, you know, part of the group. But I feel lonely. I don't feel part of this group. Asking why? What is that all about? So following this idea of taking little steps or, you know, finding those people that are, quote, your people, this comes up in coaching too. People say, well, what do I do? How, how do I find them? I have no idea where to look. My encouragement is to get in touch with those things that you just kind of innately like to do. I think one challenge I've heard is, you know, think back to what you like to do when you were 10 or 11 years old. For me, it was, uh, my parents had an old uh, reel, I want to say it was a Wallen sack. I think that's the name, reel-to-reel tape recorder. It wasn't even stereo, it was mono, it had tubes in it. And I used to love to record stuff on it and, you know, tape stuff off the radio or I would even copy cassettes to it or records or whatever and just record stuff and play with it and talk into it. And, and some of that, I think, has come out in podcasting and audio production. So here are some, so, so I started to follow some of these things a few years ago. So I was interested in podcasting and audio production. And so I went to a meetup that was about podcasting and marketing because I was doing marketing at the time. By the way, I think meetup.com is a fantastic place to broaden your perspectives. Once you sign up and you, you know, pick some interests, you'll start to get spammed a lot with different stuff. But I have come across some really unique, interesting things there. I, I haven't gone to a lot of the events that I see that are unusual, but there's just about every possible type of event you could want to go there. There's, uh, you know, board gaming, computer programming, uh, knitting, hiking, uh, you name it, it's there. So the challenge here is... is Think of an activity that you really like to do. Take a step back from, well, you know, I have a degree in this or I have an advanced degree in this area and this is the area I have to stay in. You don't have to stay in that area. So for me, anyway, it was podcasting and I'd gone to a a meetup about marketing and podcasting and then I found that person on Twitter and that led me to some another Twitter account. One thing led to another. I found out about this conference called Podcast Movement. So... There was a Kickstarter for it a few years ago, and I went to it. I've been to the last three. I'm not going to be at the, the upcoming one, but I've been at the, the first three. And at that conference, I met someone, and we were talking about different things, and I was mentioning, you know, wanting to get into coaching and helping people get unstuck. And they said, oh, there's a podcast about this called Unstuckable. And I started listening to it, and I found encouragement from that, and eventually uh, wrote to Stephen Worley, who was uh, one of the co-hosts. And one thing led to another, wouldn't you know? And I produced roughly the first 100 episodes of his latest podcast called Life Skills That Matter. Now, I'm convinced that I would have never met Stephen if I hadn't gone to that conference. Now, I didn't meet him in person at that conference. I met someone else that told me about the podcast. It took me sending an email to him and reaching out to him on a couple different occasions on a couple different other things to, you know, eventually uh, build a relationship. But then he knew someone else that I was also doing podcast work for. And, you know, one thing led to another and, and I ended up doing that with him. Conferences, meetups, 
You know, sometimes it takes spending a little bit of money too. Like I would say all of these endeavors have costed some level of money and risk. And, you know, some have been better than others. Some I've met like really um, good people that kind of fit the thing that I'm curious about or working on or want to know more about. And other times not so much. But if you don't go, you don't have the possibility. In fact, last year at Podcast Movement, I met an attorney an attorney that helped help me with an agreement that I need to get written. I met another podcast producer. I learned about other podcasts I didn't know existed. I learned about, um, oh, there's this great royalty-free photo aggregator called Librastock. Didn't know about that because I happened to have dinner with the host of a podcast and she had just given a talk and there I go, learned something new. Other places to look... Facebook groups, there's a ton of Facebook groups on every topic under the sun. Those can be a good place to, you know, find people maybe with common interests and, you know, discussion. I found a lot of good groups like on audio production, uh, podcasting, those kinds of things. A more direct route. So you can go to events, you can go to conferences, And if you're having trouble kind of figuring some of this stuff out, sometimes it's hard when we're so used to ourselves and used to our world and maybe used to the limitations that we've told ourselves that we have, that seeing these things can be difficult. And so that's where coaching can come in really handy, be really, really helpful. Um, I've actually gotten some really good insights from my own coach in different things to pursue from some of the coaching work that I've done. So coaching can be helpful in this too. So if you're interested in digging into this topic or any others around personal development, getting clear on who you are, what your values are, things that you want to accomplish that feel impossible, but yet something inside you tells you, wouldn't it be awesome if I could do this? Drop me a line, podcast at johnpolster.com. And uh, let me know you heard about it here and we can do a free 30-minute mini coaching session around the topic of your choice and try out coaching. There's no obligation. I won't chase you down or spam you or any of that stuff. It's just a free opportunity to have coaching, meet each other and take it from there. Thanks for listening to The John Polster Show. Notes, links, and all that other good stuff for this episode are at johnpolster.com slash podcast. If you have questions or ideas around the podcast, send those to podcast at johnpolster.com. 